Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to another episode of WA Expose, a podcast about local arts by local artists. As always, I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, with the immense privilege of recording this podcast on Wajak Noongar Budja. Whether it's standing in front of 50 people or 5,000, storytelling, performing and entertaining is home for today's guest. Originally from New Zealand, she trained as an actor and dancer with a deep passion for live theatre and focusing on multiple artistic disciplines and putting them together to create unique events. Over the last 25 years, she's worked in Perth, New York, London, and Melbourne, acting, producing, theatre, choreographing, teaching, painting, and photographing her own creative events. Having always believed in arts as a pivotal point to the success of an innovative society, the work she creates and participates in now has to connect with positive outcomes in the community, beyond the audience immediately in front of her. Clearly, today's guest has had many titles and worn many artistic hats over the years, but today we'll call her Kylie Moat. How are you, Kylie? Hello. What an intro. I know, right? I was thinking, like, don't get tongue twisted. Don't get tongue twisted. <laughs> Thank are, you. you. I sounded amazing. You most certainly did. <laughs> it almost makes me go, oh my God, did I do all of that? No, you didn't. No, no. <laughs> that was some fever Fine. dream in another life. Yes. <laughs> Fake news, fake news. probably about a million questions I could ask you, but I think Mm. let's like go immediately to the core, which I think is really important. Why the arts? Why bother participating in a career in the arts? Yeah, that's a really interesting question, especially because it seems simple, but all of us who are in the arts know that that's a loaded, complicated question that mm. you could you could spend the whole episode just talking about that. That would be my dream is yeah, if I yeah, just yeah. ask one question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just, I leave. I leave the whole room. I don't even say it. Let's just sit here and unpack that, shall we? Let's do it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, why a career in the arts? Well, a lot of reasons, but I would say the most... Um, ingrained, authentic, off immediately from my heart, off the top of my head, like core boots and all, Mm. is um, I didn't have a choice because it's in my blood. It runs through me. And as much as I did try other careers (laughs) at different points because it can – uh, drain you mm. and weigh on you. Um, I never felt myself, and the one career path, and in all the different ways that I've embraced that career path, mm. is the arts. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't walk away because I'm not true to myself. I am not true to who I'm around and who's in my life. Um, If I'm not being creative and artistic, I'm just not happy. Yeah. And and I might think I'm happy. Um, And I have done other things in order to support my vision in the arts. So probably like an example of that would be I took on a job, this is, way, way back, after I finished my theatre and film degree and, um, you know, I'd been acting and performing and dancing and everything my entire life and um, I needed some stability. I had always said I just don't want to be that person 
who spends their whole life at rehearsals in pyjamas eating two-minute noodles. <laughs> like it's just… <laughs> Very visual, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just, that, that's just not okay for me. Um, I just knew that we could do more. That why is it that every other industry seemed to be able to get sponsorship for things? Mm. Like athletes could always get sponsorship for businesses very easily it seemed. And why was it that it was always difficult for the arts? Why was it that people seemed to want to write a $5,000 check for a cycling team but didn't want to give $500 to a local theatre production mm. that was amazing? Yeah. Um, so I took a job as a sales executive for a technology company which was completely in the opposite direction had to be suited and booted, you know. <laughs> yes, and, totally. Yeah, and was one of the only women in that industry at the time. And all my theatre friends and peers and colleagues all said to me, you've sold out. Wow, straight away. Yeah. It wasn't, they couldn't see the vision mm -mm. that you were seeing. No. And when I said to them, look, I'm doing this for a behind-the-scenes look at how does a corporate business run, therefore what are the discussions that largely a lot of the time it was white middle-aged men, mm. what were they having behind closed doors and boardrooms that m got them to make decisions about who they would support and, um, you know, who got sponsorship for things and, and what was the ROI they needed mm. And I wanted to see how that worked, what the inner workings of and, and just um, business deals and negotiation because I thought if I can encompass that and understand that and learn from that, I had no plans on staying there. It was simply I'm using this to earn some money because yeah. I, you know, like many students, had a student debt and was broke and um uh and all the good stuff all the good stuff you into a job yeah that's easily. right yeah. that's right and and to learn those skills so I could then leave that job and apply those skills to an arts business yeah I just I were I I grew up with my parents having their own business I worked at their business my dad was amazing actually in that he never said to me you're a girl so you will only do A, B and C. Yep. And he listened to me with ideas I had and he he was quite phenomenal. Mum was super creative and dad was um, innovative mm. and um, business-driven, entrepreneurial-driven. No, no, and not in a big – we're not talking financially successful, but we're talking he was ahead of his time. Mm. Um, he would have had a windmill in the backyard creating power for <laughs> yeah. us before anyone knew that that was even a possible thing. Yeah. He was in two alternative things, but he was a worker. They both were. So as talented as I was as a young person, um, I never got the chance for that to take me away <laughs> or for my head to get too big. I was the eldest of – or am the eldest of five children yeah. and – it was, you know, head down, ass up. Yeah, totally. 24-7. Yeah, to get um, noticed by yes, other people too. Yes, yeah. So, but I fought because I just, I knew, I think like a lot of people say there was a moment when I was put in a play in school, primary school. Mm. And while our teacher was directing it, suddenly she burst out laughing and so did the whole class. And I'd... I was doing the script but and I was the lead in this play but I just apparently, I didn't even realise it, I just added some improv to the end of it because to me it just seemed what the character would do. Yeah. And that's when I got my first taste of, oh, I'm funny. Yeah. And this, this sound of laughter and appreciation yeah. is an addictive thing that yeah. you can really grasp you at a young age. Especially when you're pasty white redhead glasses <laughs> um and it's in the um late 70s and you know early 80s 
you know, that wasn't, now that's cool. I look at all the redheads yeah. on ads and in, in shows and things now and I think, bloody hell. <laughs> I, I try and tell myself I help pave the way for that. But <laughs> <laughs> I am the reason redheads yeah, yeah, have yeah, jobs. Yeah, yeah, oh my yeah. God. yeah, yeah. I'm the reason that 1%. But um, no, like I was just seen stereotypically as a nerd, mm. a brain box, a tube, you know, and I got a hard time. Mm. So it's that stereotypical thing of the one time that I was loved by my peers or kids at school or I could be, you know, like cool, so mm. to speak, was performing. Yeah, and then we spend lifetimes trying to recreate that feeling from the first time. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and no matter how much I tried to do other things, it's my natural habitat. yeah. Well, on that, I think you sort of answered it with like your dad's innovation in the private sector, but there is there a reason in particular why when you went, okay, I'm going to see, for want of a better term, how the sausage is made yes. and why sports people are getting the money and arts people aren't getting the money going into a role in the in um, in sales, which is yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Why would you pick the public sector over, I mean, the private sector over going in a similar route in the public sector in like a governmental form? Yes. <laughs> That's another interesting question. This one could get me into trouble. Um, I'll, I'll learn how to bleep I've names. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've this still, whole section is just one I've big actually, long bleep. I've actually still got to get my Australian citizenship too, so we, we better be careful here. Um, <laughs> Kylie Moat deported mm. because of Aria Scarlett. Great, that's what I need. <laughs> deported yeah, back I, to New Zealand. I am just here to get publicity for you, Aria. Okay, I know, you know that. that. <laughs> you know that, right? Um... I had seen a lot, like, okay, look, let me just put a caveat. First mm. of all, um, there are a lot of people in the public sector, in government, who really work very, very hard and enter that space with the very best of intentions. Mm. And there are some phenomenal organisations within that mm. who do incredible work. Oh, so okay? yeah, this is one person's so, experience. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to discredit from any of that. But from my personal experience, I had seen people attempt to do amazing things, my father included, in um, coordination with what the government was offering to assist in innovation and new ways of doing things, et cetera, and then to be burned very, yeah. very badly. And that was in New Zealand yeah. and you saw a similar thing in Australia? Yeah, and with no um, bat of an eyelid, no apology. Like you watch the devastation and the fallout and the dreams and hopes of someone be absolutely decimated mm. and then – how they have to rise up from that and create something else instead and survive and et cetera, et cetera. And it was one person's signature somewhere, you know, inside a, a committee. Five ago, that's yeah. right, you know, <laughs> who who isn't looking at lived experience. Yeah. And I've seen that happen too many times. And so um I have always just had this self-determination. Now, you know, I've questioned that myself a lot because there are times when I've thought, God, could I have made this easier? Could I have done this easier? Um, not not easier as in I, I want, not from a like a lazy perspective, I have no problem putting the work in, but, but it's, you know, is this the best path? Mm. And sometimes it's worked and sometimes it hasn't like anything, but... I just think that I've just always had this propensity to have an idea, know in my heart of hearts that this could be something and it could be something amazing that also has ongoing effect either in the community or can help with a particular um, generation or subset of people or... Um, you know, just happiness and wellness and joy, mm. any of those things. But I firmly, firmly believe that everyone should be paid 
And so, wow, yeah, what I know a what a concept. <laughs> yes. You heard it here first, people. Yeah. Um, and I used to say to people, you don't expect to walk into a shop and buy a loaf of bread and your groceries and everything else, and then say, um, no, that's okay if I just I, I pop back in a couple of months and and give you something for that. Yeah, like you you don't go to a lawyer and say. Thank you um, for that advice and I'll pay you later or are you good to just give me a freebie for now because it's what you do. Mm. But we seem to be able to think um, in general that we can do that to arts people. Completely, yeah. Do you, do you mind or we do this ridiculous thing of, well, I know you need some experience. And, yep. you, and and this will be good for you. So would you mind just singing that song or doing a drawing or just – it's really nothing for you. Like it's just a quick little You're already ditty. so good at it. Oh. Like, that, like that just thing. happened out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You didn't spend years studying, mm. thousands of dollars paying to become the best in your craft, the equivalent of the lawyer doing the law degree. Mm. The equivalent of the business owner working for years and years and years to build their business up. So I've had this firm, strong belief that we can create our own work. And again, going back to why I learnt how um, private businesses run from small all the way to really big was to look at what I did like, what I didn't like, what I thought needed changing, but what I could apply to the arts in attitude, in preparation, in negotiation, so that right from the get-go, if I was doing something creative, people took it seriously Mm. and knew, don't even think of saying to me, oh, that's cute, it's a nice little ditty, and um, you'll just do that for free. I just think that there is opportunity with the right mindset and the right conviction to create a career in the arts for yourself across multiple disciplines or mediums and do that professionally and set those standards and work together because the more we work together, the more we create business. Yes, definitely. And rather than just putting all that energy all the time into um, applications for government funding and grants, et cetera. Now, I love that the government funds the arts and gives grants, and so it should. And there are certain organisations to me in the arts community that shouldn't have to constantly reapply Mm. for their funding and for their grants. It should be that this is an integral part of how our society lives and thrives and stays well. And and it should just be, yep, you you keep getting that funding. Obviously, and you know, annual reports and there's quantitative and qualitative data, etc. And that's um, why Often I will just go out on my own and do my own thing. Mm. Also largely because often the ideas I have are a bit left of field <laughs> yeah. and um, people are unsure of what that will do. So I just think, right, I'm going to go do it, make it happen. Then you can see the result and how good it is and then we'll take it from there. Um, I just want to touch on something that I know because we've got a lot of fantastic young artists who listen to this show. So you mentioned right at the top that there were times that you did try to step away Mm. and as much as you tried to be that other person, Mm. you always ended up coming back Mm -hmm. into the arts. Can you give us an example of one of those times and why it was really important for you to have that moment of realisation? Because I know Mm. for a lot of young artists at the moment, it can feel so enticing to just give it all up at this stage. Oh, it so can. Actually, I'm going to give you an example of a friend of mine because he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, he's he's quite a famous actor in New Zealand now. His name is Millen Beard. Awesome. Um, and he and his wife, they're both actors. They're absolutely phenomenal. Now, him and I came up together. We did um, speech and drama competitions together right from when we were like seven. And that's how we became really good friends, um, both performing, both acting 
over the years. And then we went to uni and he did an accounting degree. Um, You know, that was seen as the right thing to do at the time. And he became an accountant and I um, was working in the company I was telling you about doing sales, but but very targeted for a specific <laughs> yes, reason, yeah. right? So I had knew, an out plan. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And him and I met up in a city in New Zealand once, and he was doing his accounting thing, and I was there for a conference for this um, sales company, and he said to me, "You know, look at where we are," and I was saying, "Well, yeah, I, but I know." what my out is, I know what I want to do. Mm. And he absolutely had me in stitches. He's one of the funniest people I've ever met and will ever meet. Comedy is definitely his forte. And he at the time said, I said, how's your job going? And he said, God, it's it's so enjoyable, Carls. I mean, I <laughs> I have to, you know, charge my time out at every 10 minutes. So if I do a shit that goes for 10 minutes, I mean, I just, I pop that down in my timesheet. <laughs> Sorry, but large shit got a bit blocked. 10 minutes. I have to charge <laughs> that one back to the company. And he's, I said, is that seriously how you're trying to fill your day? And, and that's he, like the highlight. <laughs> yeah, that was well. like, yeah, that was the highlight. Block yeah. yeah. Blocking out 10 minutes for a big shit. And he just wasn't happy. Mm. And I mean, understatement of the decade. Oh, completely. Anyway, he left. And he, in his 20s, late 20s, went to uh, drama school, did a complete turnabout, Mm. came out the other side of that and has not looked back. And he has just made great work with peers and colleagues, small pieces here and there, which turned into bigger pieces, which turned into sketch shows, which have won awards throughout New Zealand. He lives at the moment between New Zealand and LA there, you know, and he's still super down to earth, Mm. super hilarious. Um, And now he shits for free. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. He doesn't have to clock his 10 minutes. <laughs> he shits for free. Um, but he is such a beautiful, down-to-earth person with a very interesting life. But I look at him and that is the epitome. And I've used, when I've been teaching, I used to have a, a theatre company here in Perth and I um, taught actors And I largely worked with adults who actually were in that situation who had always wanted to perform Mm. but felt that they were never entitled to do it. So the mechanic that secretly had always wanted to try, et cetera, right? And I used that example with them. And and anyone, I've said, look, the thing is, and I've said it to parents because I've, you know, taught – Um, performing arts a lot and, you know, the usual. And for you young people out there, I had it too. I had the, but what's your backup job? What's your Mm. backup plan? (laughs) Yeah. So for anyone who's listening, and again, I'm, you know, look, let's just stock standard say I'm a bit controversial. Um, Don't let your parents listen to this. Don't listen to your parents (laughs) when it comes to your career. Unless they are seeing your talent and realising that you need to push through with it. Mm. But if they are saying to you, look, it's lovely you're in the arts, but you need a plan B, you don't. The only plan you need is plan A. Now, you can have little side hustles, but they don't have to be a big plan. I'm not saying don't have your extra jobs because I've had a million. Yeah. But your focus plan, your energy goes into plan A. Yeah. Which is, I'm an artist. Now, a professional artist isn't someone who gets paid heaps of money. A professional artist is someone who respects themselves, respects their career, respects the people they work with, shows up on time, is ready, puts everything they've got into the work. That's what professionalism is. Mm. 
You also get paid, yes, we would prefer that, but you're going to have to start somewhere and you will have to do some freebies to begin with if that gives you something back. Yes. So do the freebie if the freebie gets you connected to a whole bunch of people who may then hire you to do more work. That's leverage, okay? Mm. You are getting a return on your investment. Your investment is you. You're doing something for free in that moment, which is then giving you more work to earn more money in moments later. But don't do something for free because someone doesn't understand that you are a professional artist. Totally. Yeah. Let's let everybody mull on that for a couple of minutes while we throw to ads. And when we come back, I want to talk about the local scene that you've now become really embedded in and what we can do to improve it. Okay. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we're back. I'm still joined by the incredible Kylie Moe. And before we went to break, I touched on the fact that I wanted to talk a little bit more about the local art scene here. You've recently rejoined the Perth art scene. So from your like wide knowledge, start off by telling me what you're loving about what you're seeing locally. I think there's a newfound energy in WA, which is really, really interesting. Um, I have been away professionally for 20 years. Yeah. My family are here, so obviously I came back for visits and as stereotypical as it will sound, the beach, you know, <laughs> when you when you live between New York, London and Melbourne for 20 years, yeah. there is nothing like the WA coast. I'm telling you, peeps. Um We'll take it. We'll yeah, take yeah, it take it, take it. Like there are beautiful beaches in Italy and Turkey and around the world, but th- I can tell you there was not a single beach I went to that was better. Yeah. It was, oh, this is like Meelup down south or yeah, this Rick. is like such and such. So we we are beyond blessed here. But I think what frustrated me when I left was that I felt that WA – um, relied so much on its location mm. and people being outdoorsy and tourism, etc. And now there has been a shift. Um, I still think there's a long way to go. Yeah. And I think part of that is we need to embrace our own stories and our own style. We need to up the ante a bit. And also at the same time as that, not concern ourselves with what is happening over east. We don't need to redo Melbourne or Sydney. We are not Melbourne. We are not Sydney. Okay. We are WA. So we've got phenomenal talent here. Yes. And I mean, Aria, I have to put you in that bracket. I mean, seeing you perform. Yes. I'll take it. Yeah, you take it, girl. <laughs> I'll take you the compliments. You take it. These are the bits that I like. I, I crop all of the little compliments together from all of the podcasts and I just listen to them on a loop just to, you know, improve that's good, the ego. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. Do yeah. that. That's your like. That sounds like a lot of your work. Your satanic I'm not nighttime meditation. How to build a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> In three easy steps. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Um, so, but seriously, um, 
there has always been great talent here, but I think when the small bar licence changed several years ago and venues opened up that were small and unique and different and um, edgier, we Mm. were able to showcase that and with that comes showcasing talent and entertainment because it's all part of that, you know, wider package of what people want to see and do, including exhibitions and you know, I love fusing things mm. together. I get bored if it's just theatre or just music or just an exhibition. I love interaction. Yeah. So music happening with an exhibition, happening with, you know, um, site-specific theatre. I mean, hello, mama, I am there. Yeah. But that's what I've noticed, um, that there is a lot of and there's – Amazing, amazing local acts for Fringe and then Perth Festival. And I still think, though, that we need to um, increase awareness Mm. and getting people to come and see these things. And I think that that's one area actually where government funding in terms of um, supporting organisations that do big public festivals, yeah, that's really important because yeah. if you get families and kids to come to something that normally is outside their realm and they wouldn't see but it's big enough and bright enough that, you know, it becomes the thing in Perth and everyone's going yeah. to look at it, then that gives them a little taste and then that taste moves on to maybe they'll go and see something else. Mm. Um yeah, so I there is some great stuff here. My thing is that similar to 20 years ago, we need to have spaces and places and options available and opportunity for our artists to perform here so yeah. they don't constantly get a one-way ticket over east or overseas. Completely, um, yeah. You know, I came back because... I wanted literally more sunshine in my life and mm. I know that, you know, we could we could take that as humorous. But from a health perspective, um, Melbourne just got too bloody cold. <laughs> yeah. No, that's totally fair. Yeah. And we, we get so um, locked up in talking about like the things that WA doesn't have. And I think you made a really excellent point of the comparison model where we go like, well, we don't have – X that is over in mm-hmm. Sydney or X that's mm-hmm. in New York or X that's in Melbourne, whatever mm. the case may be. But there's so much that we do have. That's and right. we have an obligation to capitalise on that yeah. that we're just falling short. Yeah, we could be doing a lot more outdoor performances, mm. a lot more, you know, regular um, variety pieces outside, mm. down on the foreshore. And actually it's a point that I've had – friends who are from overseas or from over east, one thing that that they have all commented on individually and they don't know each other is that we have this phenomenal coast, Mm. stunning beaches, but why is there not more food down right on the beach or entertainment right on the beach? And I think, again, that's something that we are over-regulated on. And that's an area where our government does need to help as well. It makes it so difficult to get a permit and to be able to do these things. And we need to go back to logic and common sense and not yeah. over-regulate things. But it's also one of the reasons why I love the concept of WA Expose because it can be done anywhere. Yeah. It does, like like the Rose's box of chocolates, it does a <laughs> smattering of lots of different styles of art which then allows people to have a taste Yeah, that, that wouldn't go to a cabaret or wouldn't go to a drag show because it's too late at night or wouldn't do this or wouldn't do that. But, oh, I can be in this lovely environment, I can grab a drink, I can grab something to eat and I can have a little taste of a variety, literally, of styles of performance. Some I'll like, some I won't, mm. but that's great. I wonder if it's about accessibility barriers, not just in in the obvious ways of making all of our venues more accessible and our shows more accessible. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, as somebody with a classical music background, um, a lot of people experience uh, classical music in a way that they believe it's inaccessible from the get-go. Totally. They think that they have to have, have be X amount smart. They think they have to know this much Italian. They think they need to be 
That's actually a lot of so barriers. True. Yeah. I think that I think you bring up a, f- a brilliant point there. And I'm not a hundred percent sure. In fact, I'm not even 50% sure why that that is like that in Western Australia. Because one thing that was great in New York, um, and look, I was there a long time ago. I haven't I haven't been there or lived there for a long time, so I, I don't know if this is still the same. But you used to be able to go to the Lincoln Centre mm. and watch the opera for five dollars. There yeah, were these cheap, right. cheap seats that were up in the stalls specifically for that reason. They wanted everyone to be able to have the opportunity to be inside a beautiful venue and watch a phenomenal performance. Yeah, wow. Um, and it sh- you shouldn't think that, well, you know, I'm from a low socioeconomic area and, and I don't know anything about the arts, therefore... There's no point in me buying tickets to go and see the WA Symphony Orchestra in their, you know, fancy venue, Yeah, for, for example, or yeah, WA Opera or whatever. And that's where I think this whole thing of fusion needs to come into play. And you're right, like accessibility from a physical perspective, we need to make sure that every human here can get to a show and not just be there but actually enjoy the show. So is there a deaf interpreter? Have we accommodated for vision impaired? And I think, you know, look – it's that's that can be difficult, but they're discussions that we have to have. Yeah, and that's another good place where um, government arts funding can, should actually be like really highlighted to supply that additional support for people. Because if you are a first time producer or you are somebody trying to do something for the first time, it can be really hard to know what you should and shouldn't be doing in those spaces. And so the education and the availability of those resources, it needs to be like more free flowing. It can't just come like some trickle down. Trickle down has never worked in any, no, in any sort no. of, any well, form. think of just from the, the simple point of a tap, trickle down. I mean, by the time it trickles down, you've got one teeny tiny drop. That's and it's not probably gonna, dirty. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to help your thirst. Yeah. You know, so whoever came up with trickle down, trickle is right. Trickle. <laughs> Yeah, and we we need more than a trickle. We need a hot flow so (laughs) or a cold flow. We just need it to run. (laughs) You just need it to go whatever temperature. We need it to flow, okay? (laughs) We don't need any trickle. So I think that it would be fantastic if there was funding across every venue for making things accessible. Mm. Okay, so that there was a package that you could say, well, I'm doing this show and, you know, I'm doing it in this venue, which is a little bar in this suburb and I need some help um, to provide an interpreter and to provide um, assistance for vision impaired and wheelchair access and and, and I apologise for whatever I've left out because I know I will have left something out. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever those things are... That's that should just be a given. Like the government should just be, yep, you let us know the venue, you're producing the show, you're adding to the community, you're bringing something in, we will help with the extraneous stuff that you may not A, have access to or B, yeah. knowledge of or, or, or funding for. And something that we need to um, also consider is like the holistic picture of what it takes to attend an art show, I think, especially in Western Australia. Um it's so much easier and more convenient to turn on Netflix. So if you're going to make somebody <laughs> get in their car, so trial our terrible public transport system that honestly needs a few upgrades in itself, mm. park somewhere, walk to mm-hmm. a venue. Um, pay exp- for parking. Pay, yeah, pay for parking, get the dinner, pay for mm-hmm. whatever babysitting mm-hmm. you have to do. If you're mm-hmm. wanting someone to do all of those mm-hmm. things, then the experience you provide them once they have already gone through the gamut of getting to your show needs to be worth them ticking all of those boxes. That's right. And I think for anyone who's listening as an artist, believe in yourself Mm. and believe in what you do and don't cower down and don't feel that you have not earned the right to say these are my expectations. You can always speak in a really lovely way. The loudest doesn't always get heard. Mm. The sharpest tongue is not always listened to. You can simply be authentic and be yourself. You don't have to 
be bullshit, but you have the right to say to whatever venue you're using, the little restaurant, the bar, the stage, the community hall, look, these are the things that, that um, you know, are just expected in our society now. And wouldn't it be wonderful? Pivot it. Say to that venue, how great are you going to look if you provide... For your whole community. Correct. Yeah. And, and that is a beautiful thing. And then that brings people closer together and enjoys the experience more, which then also you know, feeds out. Someone's going to go and talk to someone and say, I went to the show and it had this, this and this and isn't it fantastic? I mean, all we're trying to do is work together to create more business for each other. And one thing that I think we we definitely do need to do is a little bit more of that here. We need to let go of that old model of being precious about what we do and who we are and that we are the the big fish in the small pond. <laughs> yeah. It has to be no, let's open up the doors, let's really provide experiences and spaces for people to try anything and everything and for it to fall flat on its face and then go, yeah, okay, so we'll make some adjustments to that. Because uh, it can't just simply be that the usual spots which have always been going for musical theatre or entertainment in Western Australia, particularly in Perth, they can't just be the same ones that are happening. We deserve to try and see and be part of new and fresh. We've got an underground scene happening Mm. that is phenomenal, but when are we going to bring it above ground? Yeah. Completely. I think that that's a brilliant place to go into um, our question section. So we have a question from one of our listeners. Remember, everyone, if you want to ask one of our amazing artists a question, you can email us waexposepod at gmail.com. Today's question comes from Amanda Sheher, who asks, how do you approach people to get work without seeming desperate? And when I saw this one come through, I was like, this is absolutely bloody perfect for Kylie, because the idea of the tall poppy syndrome, the idea of the not wanting to put yourself out there because asking for work might somehow make you seem desperate, but you need work in order to live. So it is kind of a desperate thing. Um, how do you go about pro- like approaching maybe someone like yourself who is a producer, who is a creator, a director, that sort of thing? So I think, again, it goes back to what I was talking about before. Look at and listen to the story that's in your head and if you need to change the story, you are an artist. You are authentic. You have your own voice. You have your own skill. You want to learn and you want to work. That is 100% valid. Mm. Don't second guess it. Don't question it. And don't do what I did do back in the day. (laughs) I've done a lot of great things. Um, And I will give a few tips on how to do this. But one thing is don't continually justify yourself. That's something I've had to work a lot on over the years. I used to over-justify myself. I felt like the more I told people why I would be great and how I could be great. And the Mm. more the list got longer of what I could do for them, thinking that that would be amazing and they would see that and then go, well, of course we want you, actually would turn them off. Yeah. Because it's too much. That's when the desperation comes in. Yeah. The approach is totally fine. So how do you approach someone for work? Again, go back to... I am authentic, I am professional, and I deserve to work, okay? Get your story right in your head. And remember this, dominant thought, dominant reality. Mm. So I've also got a lot of mentors that I've had over my life in lots of different areas. So that's something else I would say, make sure you have that. Mm. So whether it's, and, and they don't have to be arts people, they're just people you look up to. Yeah. Um, and read a book called The Four Agreements. In fact, I think he's actually 
I think there's the latest one is the five agreement. <laughs> you added another one. <laughs> New agreement. Um, re- look that book up. It is the quickest, easiest read. That book will change your life because you will take from that. You, I promise you, I swear you will have quotes from that that you will just be able to write down, put on post-it notes, put on your mirror, put in your phone, and you will go just before you're about to approach someone, you will read one of those quotes to yourself and you'll be like, I got these. (laughs) Also, um, do your research. Okay. If you are going to ask for work, the best way to get work is to come with a solution, not a problem. Mm, I like that. Yeah, that's a really good So if you are wanting to work with someone, why? What can you add? What are you thinking of doing? How will it play out? Think of the questions that will be asked. And the person you're approaching, what do you know about them? Why do you want to work with them? Mm. Why do you want to work in that particular space? And don't talk bullshit. There's no point. No, you can see straight through it. And if you don't have the answers to all of those questions, then say that you don't have the answers to all of those, but you would like to know more. Or find someone that does have some answers and say, can I take you out for a coffee and have an hour of your time to help me with something. That's really important because just in the way you're asking for your time to be valued, value the time and expertise of the people you're asking advice from. That's right. That's absolutely right. And if there's someone you think is really interesting that you would like to connect with, ask them if they would mentor you. And you know what? You may have to pay something for that or maybe not. Maybe there's something reciprocal you can do. You, You know, Look outside of what's immediately in front mm-hmm. of you and use that creative brain of yours to think, okay, I do have a little bit of money, I could offer them that, or I don't, I could offer them this instead, or maybe you have no idea. So say to them, I would love it if you could mentor me, I um, could pay you, you know, a little bit or I can't, um, but is there something I could do for you in return? Mm. And then know what it is exactly that you want, okay? And and be prepared to, this might be surprising, but be prepared to say no. So if you're going to someone, for example, you are, um, you know, a dancer and a singer and you would love there's a, there's a little bar that you know that you think you would do some amazing stuff in mm. and you want to approach the manager or the owner to talk about doing something there, know all about that bar, know how it started, who the clientele are, make sure you've been there. Don't oh God, even yes. <laughs> Don't tell them who you are to begin with. Use generosity. So that means just go. Go and go on the nights that you're thinking that you would like to perform there. Just just so they've seen your face. Mm. Have a drink, grab something to eat, take some friends, etc. Then when you make that approach, know exactly what it is that you're prepared to do. Now, if they then respond with something different and you're really comfortable with that, that's great. That's that's happy negotiation. However, if they respond with something that you think, oh Jesus, yeah, that's that's not yeah. okay. And they want it for free and they want you to do something that is you've you no longer do anymore or is below you, to be honest. You feel really good and authentic in saying, actually, no. I'm a professional, I'm an artist. I really think I can add value to your beautiful business here. And this is the way I know I can do that. So if, um, you know, the offer is there and if at any time you'd like to take me up on that, please feel free to give me a call and be happy to walk away. Yeah. And be happy in walking away. Don't like look happy and know because you won't get yes to everything, but it Mm. is a numbers game. So find 10 places and go and approach all of them. One should come around. Yeah, completely. 
That's an incredible answer. And I thank you for being so detailed in that. And remember, if anyone wants to ask a question to one of our incredible artists, you can send us an email, waexposepod at gmail.com. And if you like this podcast, you can rate us or like us on social media, subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Um, Yeah. And I think that's all of the ways to do all of the things. I think I've ticked all of the boxes there. Now I have to do the really sad part where I say thank you so much, Kylie, but I've had the most incredible time talking to you today. Thank you. I've had so much fun. This has been great. Yeah. yeah, um, I've really, really enjoyed it. And thank you for asking interesting questions. You're very welcome. It's easy when I've got interesting people. Oh, look, I just love a little (laughs) bit of an interesting time. Interesting time. We've had so much fun. Before we go, do you have anything you want to plug or am I just going to put that awesome book in the show notes no definitely put that book in the show notes that book is amazing um I think it's worth um following also a man called John T Marsh who's one of my mentors he's amazing never stop learning um You know, he's a phenomenal mentor of mine who has taught me so much and um, I need to get my own socials sorted again because I had a company and everything was under that company name which I have closed. So by all means follow me and I (laughs) promise I will start putting some content up that's worthy of you. This follow. is the call-out moment. This is the moment. This is it. This, this, is will, it. this, this will is make it happen. But I, I just, yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully um, working on WA Expose with you, Aria, and kicking some butt with some exciting <laughs> new stuff in some great new venues. And if anyone wants to reach out and ask me any questions, um, feel free to do that. Aria will put my contact details yeah, up sure. on the podcast mm-hmm. show notes yeah and just just be authentic and know that um your plan a you're in your gut being an artist that's the only plan you need that is thank you so much for joining me on WA Expose and we'll catch everybody next time WA Expose is an independent production our artwork was created by George Sassenfeld and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M Burrows you can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlet.com forward slash WA expose. And what I can't fix here, I'll try and fix later. Oh, I love that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Crack me up when you do that voice. That's a lot of fun doing that. It's good. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.